Welcome to the Mobilized Podcast. We equip Christ followers to boldly and courageously live mobilized in their faith, purpose, and life. Let's join James and Nicole. Well, thanks for joining us for this installment of the Mobilized Podcast. I'm here with the lovely and talented Nicole. Hello, hello. All right. So excited to dive into this. This has been um, the the series that we've gone through is Mobilized in Faith as we've been traveling through this. And this has been a really challenging uh, but exciting series as we've really unpacked some of these concepts mm-hmm. of how to be mobilized in our faith. Uh, and this will be the third installment in this particular series. And I'm excited to dive into it with you. Yeah, me too. We've been going through the Sermon on the Mount, and that was, you know, a sermon by Jesus on the side of a mountain. Mm, Mm -hmm. Not just a clever name, I see. Not just a clever name. It was uh, noted as the greatest sermon ever given. Ever. And there is so much depth and wisdom. Uh, So we thought we'd take a little time and mine some of those uh, nuggets out and see if we can't put some application to it to help us... um, Live mobilized. Again, mobilize our faith, not just have a head full of knowledge, but stuff that we can actually apply to make us more like Jesus. Right, right. And this week, we start with blessed are the pure in heart. That's Mm. what we're going to look at this week. So this is perfect for you because you have the sweetest heart out of all the hearts at the heart show. (laughs) A little office reference, I (laughs) apologize. (laughs) But you know Nicole is all heart, those of you that know her. She is amazing. Well, what I love about this is it's pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart. Now, when you think of that, it's already overwhelming, right? Because you're thinking, well, there goes my blessing. (laughs) Because there's no way. Yeah, there's no way. There is no way I'll ever reach pure purity in my heart. And, And Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Mm -hmm. And Again, some of us are saying, well, I'm never going to see God. <laughs> Looks like it's over for me. I'm done. Well, the, yeah. <laughs> it was a good ride. <laughs> but to the Jewish person uh, that was hearing this, that it was all about the heart, they had a clear understanding of what the heart represented and still represents. So they were hearing it and they could see in their in their mind's eye exactly what Jesus was talking about. But us, we hear this and we're like, okay, what exactly does that mean? Well, the heart represents who a person is on the inside. There are some things in the Bible that we talk about, like the heart our faith. And we kind of throw these words around as if everybody understands and is on the same page, but it's hard to explain, mm-hmm. right? It's hard to understand that. You kind of grasp it. I always say scripture sometimes it's like a cloud mm. where you try to grab it. You see it. You try yeah. to grab it, but it just slips right through your fingers. I mean, you kind of know, but you don't. That's what this word heart is. That yeah. one, that one has, I've always struggled with. So what is the heart? No, it's where your character comes from, your conscience, your your desires, your thoughts, your purpose, your intentions, your faith. It's it what happens on the inside. It's mm-hmm. what motivates you. Mm-hmm. All of these things come flowing out of a person's heart. So who you are, that's all stored in your heart. And what you gather in life and and store in your heart leads, directs, and runs your life. That's what it does. I, whatever has happened to you as a child, all the memories and, and traditions, we, we tend to bring those back up when mm. we have our own kids, right? Yeah. Because we've, we've stored those in our hearts. We like 
the way it feels. And we want others to feel the same thing. It is stored up and it comes out. Yeah. Uh, we don't like to make it up as we go, even if it feels like it sometimes. We are always pulling from the contents of our heart. Yeah. Nothing and is by accident, right? Nothing at all. Some people think that, uh, oh, I just go with the flow. I just wing it. Right. But really, that just means what they're drawing from is what they've been collecting and what? investing into their spirit. Exactly. And we do this over our lifetime. Yeah. Every single day we're collecting stuff and storing it in our hearts, and then it comes out later in life. Yeah. And then that is why the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4, guard your heart above all else, mm. for it determines the course of your life. Wow. And I've, I have a study coming up on this scripture right here because this is actually a powerful scripture, and it is loaded, and I won't get into it now, but guard your heart above all else, above anything else in your life, for it determines the course of your life. We're not supposed to store just anything in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And we're supposed to be picky, yeah. selective, and wise about what we store. Yeah. When Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, he is telling us to strive for a faith that goes beyond the surface, mm -hmm. beyond what we know in our minds. He wants our faith to reach our hearts mm. and then stay there, yeah. store it there and not just a, a quick run through, right? Just a quick, Hey, <laughs> and, and right back out, but actually stored in our hearts. Now, now in the first century, there was a group of people whose whole relationship with God was based on their outward appearance <laughs> rather than what was really happening on the inside of them. These oh, I people, love these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody loves to hate them. <laughs> Everybody loves to hate them. These people are called the Pharisees. The Pharisees. Right? Bum, bum, bum. Uh -huh. Everybody loves to hate them. Everybody likes to call everybody else a Pharisee. Yep. They're the ones in the Bible like, well, at least we're not them. <laughs> right. right? If I compare myself to them, I'm doing pretty good. Yes. But they were the religious leaders of their day. And they came up with hundreds of rules that defined whether or not a person was truly right with God or not. Man, that is tough. That is crazy. Now, we grew up in church, you and I. Yep. We're both preacher's kids. Yep. Professional Pharisees, you uh -huh, and I. Uh-huh, professional. <laughs> <laughs> Raised up to be one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I had rule after rule after rule after rule yep. growing up. In fact, I didn't wear my first pair of jeans until I was, or pants at all, until I was 12 years old. Mm. I had never been to a movie theater. Wow. I wasn't allowed to wear earrings past my earlobes <laughs> or nail polish. And there was so many So glad rules. you've been released from those rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, have I, right? <laughs> there were so many rules that that almost became the my religion. faith, the yeah. religion for me. Yeah. It was making sure that I followed every single one of those rules. God was an afterthought yeah. to the rules. And that's what we see with the Pharisees here. God was an afterthought. Yeah. The rules is what was most important to them. And they were the religious leaders of their day, and they'd come up with all these rules. And these days, we all have access to the Bible. Yeah. Back then, the only access you had to the Bible was through them, mm. to the Torah. Yeah was through them. But now we all have access to the Bible and to endless teaching and resources. Endless, mm -hmm. right? You've got podcasts. You've got <laughs> YouTube. You've got services, apps. Yep. Woo-hoos, woo-hoos, you, you <laughs> name it. 
<laughs> we have just enough information to be dangerous. Yes. And because of that, the title of Pharisee can be awarded to more than just religious yeah. leaders in that time or ours. We're all capable of falling into that. Huh? Mm-hmm. So tell me if this sounds familiar, right? Pharisees knew what to say and what to do, mm-hmm. but their hearts, they were far from God. They knew how to wield the law to excuse their bad behavior, mm-hmm. but they judge others for theirs. Mm-hmm. I, I would never do that. No, of course not. They knew the right thing to do, and they did it, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And I think that's really the definition of legalism, and that's what mm-hmm. we find so much in our culture, in our churches, and I think that's why unbelievers are just really so put off by it. You know, right. they really say that it, it, it isn't Jesus that r- really throws them off, it's Christians. <laughs> right. And, and that, that's horrible, right? Because mm-hmm. they see what we do. Um, they, they did everything for a show, the Pharisees. And again, mm. we know people like that. Yeah. It wasn't out of love for God. It wasn't for how good He was. They weren't poor in spirit, as we talked about in some previous uh, you know, installments of this. It wasn't that they were broken in their sinful condition. Mm. They were so rich in self-promotion and self-worship. Ooh. I mean, it was all about them. Whoa. Right? So let's stop there just for a minute. You said they were rich in self-promotion and self-worship. Yeah. Because at the end of the day... When all you're following is rules and imposing those same rules on other people, it's not about God. It's about you. Yeah. And you've turned from worshiping God to worshiping yourself. Yeah. Making yourself the authority over God. Yeah. That is, that's some heavy stuff right there. Yeah. I mean, the, the. The whole point for them was to be superior to others by their adherence to a mm-hmm. rule, right? Um, whether it be derived in the law or maybe uh, moral rootings, mm. uh, it took on a life of its own, right? And it really devolved into them wanting superiority for their own self worth, self esteem, and control. And that's what it was. And sometimes we see that today, right? Yeah. You see people using scripture to control others, mm-hmm. uh, to put others in their place, to show their value, you know, their piety. Um, and that's that's not what it was about. And that's why Jesus called them out. Mm. I mean, you look at Matthew chapter 6, Jesus unleashed on the Pharisees because everything they did was a show for somebody else. Mm. It wasn't for God. And when they gave their offerings, they made a big deal about how much money they gave. <laughs> like, hey, look at all these zeros on my check. Check it out. <laughs> Cha-ching. Uh, when they prayed, they put on a big performance, right? Mm. Let's check out what Jesus said in Matthew 6. He said, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth. They have received their full reward. Wow. Ouch. <laughs> I I don't even know what to say about that. There's so much right there. But think about that. He basically they're they're thinking that they're earning favor in God's sight. That's what right. they tell people. Adherence to the law adds favor, merit. Mm. We, we like to call it brownie points. You get a little mm-hmm. star by your name. But Jesus just very directly says, "That's all you get." The the um, accolades mm-hmm. from onlookers. Mm. That's all you're gonna get. Wow. And is it worth it? I I mean, gosh, I don't think so. Uh, So let let me continue to read this passage. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, 
Don't keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think that they'll be heard because of their many words. Mm. Ooh, that hurts as a Mm. preacher. (laughs) But don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The Pharisees, they would shout and flail their arms and recite their memorized prayers, and they had 18 scriptures for all different occasions, and they had set times they had to pray. Their prayers were nothing more than a process of reciting and repeating. That's all it was. Pray, wash, rinse, repeat. It was so ritual to them, so rote, it had no emotion, no feeling, no authenticity, and therefore it didn't connect with God. Yeah, and I think, you know, sometimes it it comes out of good intentions too. I know I've heard my whole life, like, pray first thing in the morning, first thing when you get up. Mm -hmm. You know, if you just pray 10 minutes a day or if you just, and sometimes it becomes a little bit like that. It's like, okay, I'm just going to go through a process of when, how, how long, my posture, my mm. physical posture, and then whew, check it off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But it, it's all about a relationship. Yep. It's not about the boxes that you check. It's a relationship. And can you imagine having a relationship with someone who says the same thing to you over and over and over <laughs> again every time you saw them? Um. No. I would lose my mind. Yeah. Well, and you then kind of I get would the feeling like commit they you. don't care. They're like, well, what? we already went over this. We, Were you yeah. not paying attention? <laughs> First <laughs> of all, I think I was going crazy. And then I think <laughs> right. they're not engaged. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. just what they do. That's their thing. And they they just, you know, for everybody. Right. And how long would it take you before you realize they really don't want a relationship with you? Yeah. It's like they're not talking long. at you, mm. not with you. Yeah. It's not a conversation. They're just saying words in your direction, right? They just like to hear their own voice. Exactly. And have you ever been around someone who tried to impress you with their prayers? <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Have I experienced that? And and I'll admit, I have done it a time or two as well. Long, long time ago. And in the end, you just sound stupid. <laughs> you just sound stupid. Yes. Because you're thinking about the person you're praying for, not the person you're praying to. Mm. And yeah. and none of it makes sense to God because it, it's all to impress someone rather than to talk to God. And that is just ridiculous. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. That reminds me of that uh, funny scene from, I think it was, was it Meet the Parents? Or, yes! Uh, with the... <laughs> yes! Uh, ben Stiller, I think. And uh-huh. he's, he's meeting the soon-to-be in-laws, very intimidating... And I think they ask him to say grace before a meal or something. And it's apparent that he doesn't pray before meals. And he just kind of goes on and on. You know, oh, merciful, loving father. Uh, We want to love you clearly and more dearly and nearly, um, deeper and deeper. And it's just on and on. You slowly see each person around the table open one eye and then a second eye and then look to the person to the left and the right. Like, right. is this really happening? Is, should we leave the room? Like, what's even happening here? And it's just this bizarre, like, scene. And I've seen that. I've seen people actually just string together as many mm-hmm. Christian cliches that they've heard throughout their lifetime. And they think, man, if I just throw these out, it, I imagine that would be the way I'd sound trying to speak another language. You know, mm, I, I don't know what I'm saying, yeah. so I'm just going to say words <laughs> that has some familiarity to that language, but it's it's really gibberish. I'm just, right. I'm putting things that aren't in context that don't have any uh, relevance to mm-hmm. the conversation. 
yet alone who I'm actually having a conversation with. Right. Like that, that isn't even part of the, the equation, right? Right. So you're using all these big words to impress those that are listening. But here's the sad reality. God's not impressed. I mean, mm. he just said in that scripture that, that that's, I don't care about how many words you're using, what words you're using. I want to know your heart. I mean, I think about it. Imagine if, you know, our youngest, Nichelle, she's 19. Imagine if I come home and she's here at the house and uh, she's at the door and she greets me. She says, oh, magnificent father who provides all the many blessings from thine bounty and gives so generously to provide all the things that we enjoy each day by day by day by day. (laughs) We beseech thee to come and dine with us, oh, great father. That'd be weird, right? I mean, right, right. we'd probably get a laugh. I'd be shocked. <laughs> I don't know if I want my kids to talk to me that way. Right. I mean, Nicole, if you want to speak to me that way, <laughs> that'd be fine. I'd allow it. So come and get it isn't good. <laughs> it might sound a little different. <laughs> God wants us to share our heart with him. Yeah. He wants us to share with him what we are facing, what we are going through, what we are thinking. He just wants us to talk to him as a child. A sane child Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, would talk to their dad. Yeah. Just a conversation. Yeah. And it's not always going to sound good. It's not always going to sound cohesive. Mm -hmm. In fact, sometimes halfway through, you may start your grocery list and then pick back up. Mm. See, God can follow the noodle, Mm. just so you know. Mm. He, he, He noodles right with you. He's, he's there for it. If you're having the conversation with him, he just wants you to talk to him. Yeah. And God doesn't want us to pray to him because we feel like we have to. Mm-hmm. Checking the box. Yeah. God wants us to talk to him because we want to. Yeah. And that's what the pure heart is, right? It, yes. It's not because we have to, but because we want to. The Pharisees prayed their prayers to impress others, and they prayed out of a sense of duty and obligation. Yeah. That, that was supposed to keep them in their position. Yeah. Right? But Jesus doesn't want a relationship with him to be a have to. He wants it to be a get to. He wants your relationship with him to be fueled by your love for him and not out of guilt Mm -hmm. towards him. Ooh. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, how much of religion feels like a guilt trip? Yes. You know, and you're just, you know, it's your penance to suffer and struggle uh, and you just have to deal with it. That's, I'm a worm and that's what I have to do to gain the approval of this benevolent God or distant God or whatever your view might be. Right. Or, or like a check-in. Ooh, I haven't prayed in a while, so I better check in real quick. <laughs> yeah. Dear Jesus. It's um, me again. Yes. I don't know if you remember me. It's, it's James. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to let you know, I'm still here. You remember um, me? Uh, 125 Main Street. <laughs> <laughs> Life's still going pretty good, I guess. A few things here and there. Yes. <laughs> Susie has an ear infection, so there's that. It's not checking in, right? Any relationship that is based on have to rather than get to is in serious trouble. Yes. Serious trouble. I mean, can you imagine going to your spouse and telling them, I guess I have to spend time with you. There are a million other places I'd rather be and a million other people I'd rather be with, but you're my spouse, so I guess I have to spend time with you. It would happen once, and then I would wake up a week later, and I would never do it again. Never again. (laughs) The Pharisees, they were doing all the right things, like you said, but for all the wrong reasons. Yeah. And they were at church. They gave their money. They prayed their prayers, and it was all a big show. Yep. 
Jesus comes on the scene. Jesus enters. Enter stage left, (laughs) Jesus, and says, I don't care what you're like on the outside. I care about your heart. Yeah. Ooh, can you imagine what that felt like for them? Mm. Because all they cared about was built on outward appearance. The outside, yes. The outward appearance. Can you imagine what that felt like? And how, what a relief for others. That their outward appearance, well, they didn't quite have it together. Yes. They, <laughs> they flunked out of rabbi mess. school and they, <laughs> they had held their head in shame. Yes, yes. They were a disaster. Can you imagine the relief they felt? Yeah. The chasm there between all the feelings. So he comes on the scene and he says, I, I don't care about the outside. I care about your heart. And Jesus says, I want to know, is your heart fully devoted to me? Mm. Do you love me with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength? Do you love me because you want to or because you feel like you have to? Mm-hmm. That reminds me of a story I heard uh, years ago about a woman complaining to her brother about her son's failure to write home from college. And, and that's the stage of life we're in where you've got college-age uh-huh. kids. And, you know, sometimes you think, gosh, are they okay? Maybe I reach out. You know, I haven't heard from them today. Right. Or, you know, what's going on? Are they only going to call when they need money? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and so she's kind of telling her brother, I only hear from my son, you know, uh, very sporadically. He's always too busy. He kind of seems uncaring. He won't ever write me a letter. Uh, her brother boasted, I'll tell you a little secret about boys, sis, he says. I'll get your son to write me a letter, and I won't even have to ask him to write me. She was really intrigued. She said, how are you going to pull this off? So to prove his point, he wrote the boy a short note, just telling him how proud of him he was. And then he wrote saying, I know how expensive school can be, so I'm sending you you 20 bucks so that you can spend however you want. But then he didn't enclose any money. Well, very (laughs) shortly, the uncle received a letter thanking him for his concern, but quick to mention the oversight of not including the money. Wah, wah. Mm-hmm. Well, the uncle's prank, it showed the young man he only cared about his own interests, right? His mother could easily use the same kind of trick. He could, she could have used manipulation, mm-hmm. which we've all seen happen. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Mom, if you're listening. <laughs> Sorry, Nichelle, but, if you're listening. <laughs> but it wouldn't have gained her what she desired. She wanted her son to communicate with her because he loved her, yeah. not just because he wanted something from her. Yeah. So, you know, do we only talk to God when we want something from him? You know, you just mentioned your your laundry list, your mm-hmm. wish list, and sometimes we do all the talking. We think that's what praying is. Right. Really, it's a conversation. It's mm-hmm. not just, God, I need this. God, fix this. Heal this. You know, bring this. Give me this miracle. Help me. Bless me. Protect me. Uh, but pure in heart means that we've got to do the right thing for the right reasons. Right. So uh, I just want to ask a simple question. Whose praise are you seeking? Mm. Who are you living your life for? I mean, we're contrasting what Jesus is calling out as the Pharisee being, (laughs) if we want to call him the villain of the story, uh, (laughs) and that's not what we want to be, but they were seeking the approval of man. A person who's pure in heart has this consistency, this cohesion between their Mm -hmm. beliefs and their behaviors. What what they say they believe should come out in their actions, right? Man, that's good. that's, That's really where the rubber meets the road. Right. Consistency between their beliefs and their behaviors. Right. Man, that, that's powerful. Don't talk the talk, walk the walk. Yeah. Craig Groeschel, in one of his books, shares a survey about the behavioral differences between a Christian and a non-Christian. Mm. So who do you think serves more, Christians <laughs> or non-Christians? Mm. How many mm. guesses do I get? <laughs> well, if you guess that Christians are more likely to volunteer their time, then you're right. Yes, I got Yay. one right. 
27% of non-Christians give their time to nonprofit causes in an average month, compared with 29% of believers. (laughs) A whopping 2%. Right. Christians won by 2%. That's sad. Now, the non-Christian number was higher than I thought, but (laughs) man, that believers, you got to step it up, man. Right. That's way way lower. lower. (laughs) Right. It should be 100%. Come on. What? I don't think you're winning if you win by 2%. That's all I'm saying. I mean, that's not even in the acceptable margin of error. I mean, it could have gone the other way just as easily. Yes, exactly. <laughs> if this How- was an election, they would demand a recount, I think. <laughs> How about donating to charitable groups? Oh, Who is more gosh. generous? This one scares me. I, again, I want to say Christians, but based on that last one, I, I'm afraid to even ask. Well, who's going to win? Forty-eight percent of non-Christians said they gave in the last month. Wow! Compared to only forty-seven no. percent of Christians. No, over half of American Christ followers didn't give any money to support oh, their church on. or its mission. Guys, what are you doing? What is happening? You mean save the whales and <laughs> save the spotted owl? Uh-huh. I mean, they got more money than Jesus? Don't forget about the butterflies. Come on. What yep. are we doing? I know. Uh, well, there's got to be some area where we do better. Uh, let's see. What about who checks their horoscope more? Oh, we got to win this one. I mean, hands down, right? Because we know that's a bunch of bull. It was a tie. Tie? 36% for both groups. <laughs> Checking horoscopes. Oh, my gosh. Right? Starlight, star bright. Uh-huh. Tell me what's going to happen uh-huh. to me Trust tonight. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Oh, <laughs> your my mind. goodness. Yep. No. That is pathetic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And what day do waiters and waitress- waitresses hate working oh, on? Oh, I know the answer to this one. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Sundays. The reason is because of the way they are treated by those who have just left church. Guys, be generous. Give big tips. And tipping. Be kind. Wah, wah. Come on. Yep. yep. How sad is that? You got to show the love. Walk the walk. Yeah. The Pharisees looked good on the outside, mm. but they paid no attention to love, mercy, and truth. They lived a double life. Wow. Not cool. Double life. There's a lot to be said in the scripture about uh, mm-hmm. uh, being, uh, you know, uh, double-minded, not right. being focused. I right. mean, Jesus... He said of them in Matthew chapter 23, let me read this. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead man's bones and everything unclean. That was a huge insult, by the way. They couldn't even come close to anything unclean. If they touched it, they were unclean. This was like one of the biggest slap in the face with a cold, wet fish. Mm Mm-hmm. And in the same way, on the outside, you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and wickedness. Ouch. Being pure in heart means that we allow Christ to reign fully in our lives. But for some of us, we compartmentalize, right? Mm. That's really easy for us, you know, and Mm -hmm. we've got our work life, we've got our family life, we've got our school life, recreational life, our social life. Some of us, we might even have two, you know, Instagram accounts so that, you know, we give one to our friends and then others, maybe our coworkers, so that we have this kind of double life and we keep things separate. Mm. But then, you know, the spiritual life, maybe that's another box. Jesus says, no, no, no. You just have one life. You're not going to have all these different sections at the end of your life Mm. to judge differently. One of them gets into heaven. The other goes to purgatory. Maybe one goes to hell. No, it's one life. That's good. And when Jesus asks you, you ask Jesus into your life, you can't think in terms of, oh, it's God's money, and then this is my money over here. 
you know, it's this kind of, this is his, this is mine. Mm. This is my time. This is God's time. This is church time. This is my time. Because when you ask Jesus into your life, it's all God's money. It's all God's time. It's God's will. It's God's way. It's all his. The human capacity to live one way over here and then another way over there, it's absolutely mind-boggling. But we, we see it all the time. I mean, that's why we love watching the, you know, I guess you call them like tabloid type shows. Right. You're trying to catch movie stars or people acting poorly or um, politicians. They say mm-hmm. one thing and then they right. live another way. Right. We do it constantly and then we rationalize it. Mm-hmm. We have the unbelievable capacity to convince ourselves that as long as we're maybe going to church or reading our Bible occasionally or putting a few bucks in the collection buck, bucket at church when it's passed, that you know, maybe all our abusive and ugly words doesn't matter, or our lustful thoughts and self selfish habits they don't matter. But guess what? It matters to God because He's looking at the heart. He's looking at the heart, our motives. Yes, where everything is coming from, where He knows we store what's important to us. Yep, He's looking at that. Second Chronicles sixteen nine says, "For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to Him." Mm. Isn't that powerful? Yes. Like the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those, mm. to add His strength to our efforts. Wow. His strength to our faith. His strength to our trust. His strength to our weaknesses. Yeah, that's good. Whose hearts are fully committed to him, the mm. pure in heart. And that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. If you come inside your house after working hard in your yard or or outside and, and you were thirsty and you only had two glasses to choose from, which of these two glasses would you use? One with a dead bug in the bottom? Yeah. Or the one, regardless of how it looks, is clean on the inside? I'm going with the clean on the inside. Exactly. You would like the clean one. Yeah. Even if the outside looks icky, yes. that one's better than yes. the one that you see the bug. I'm not licking on the, the outside. <laughs> correct, <laughs> correct. God looks on the inside. Yeah. Purity means a lot to us <clears throat> when we are getting a drink of water. So we shouldn't be surprised that it means a lot to God as well. Yep, that's right. So, how do we get a pure heart? The first thing is to ask God for one. And I'll say that. I mean, you'll hear us saying it <laughs> constantly. Ask God. That yep. should be the first thing we do. Yeah. So we always say, <clears throat> when you're going through something, first thing you do is go to God, right? Yeah. When um, when something goes great, first yeah. thing you do is go to God. When we're struggling with somewhat, something that is spiritual, a lot of times we think we have to figure that out on our own and yeah. then present it to God. Right. Like, Here's what I came up with. Let me show my work. And exactly. Hopefully you'll bless it. Exactly. But when you struggle with something, spiritual, yeah. faith, trust, a pure heart, any of those things where you're wondering, God, I don't even understand this concept. First thing you do is ask. Yeah. Ask God. Ask for a new heart. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27 says, I'll give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. Put a new spirit in you. Mm. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. I love this because there is an exchange in this 
in this scripture as well. There's yep. an exchange happening. Yep. God says, I'll, I'll put it in you, but I'll also remove from you your heart of stone and then give you a heart of flesh. When you ask God, there's an exchange that happens and he actually answers that question by putting inside of you what is needed and removing mm. what is not. Yeah. So ask God for a heart that loves God with everything you've got. Mm. Ask God to give you the desire to serve him and follow him no matter what, we need to pray every single day, God, purify my heart and make me more and more like you. That is so good. I, I like to think of it as, a, you know, we, we often make the mistake that we come to God as a last resort asking for help, but it should right. be our first line of defense. Right. And that's why I love that you brought it up first. Ask him. I think the second thing we need is to decide... Uh, you know, to please God more than other people. Because mm. that, that was the big thing that we saw with the Pharisees. You know, again, if that's kind of the model that we're deconstructing, right. is they cared more about what people thought. But you have to decide to please God more than people. You have to decide what you want more, the praise of mm. man or the praise of God. Mm. More likes on social media and Instagram or God's smile. Mm-hmm. Some of us were so worried all the time of what, what other people are going to think about us. We might you know, disappoint someone or, or realize, you know, how little people think of us. I think mm. that's what I like to remind mm. people of. We're so consumed with what others think of us. And then you're shocked when you realize just how little they're thinking about you. Because guess what? <laughs> they're worrying about what other people think about them. Right. That's the sad right. reality. It's, I mean, we're caught in this little endless cycle. Right. How many times do you not follow your heart or your conscience, what you know you need to do because you're afraid of what someone else is going to say or think? Right. Maybe you took that drink. You told the lie. You spread the gossip. You joined in on a, a joke that you knew you shouldn't have. Costly mistakes in keeping your heart pure. Mm-hmm. For some of us, the reason that we've never gotten serious about God is because we were afraid of what others would think about us. Look at this in John chapter 12. Yet at the same time, many, even among the leaders, believed in him, him meaning Jesus. But because of the Pharisees, they would not confess their faith for fear Mm. that they would be put out of the synagogue. For they loved praise from men more than praise from God. Religious leaders, they were coming to belief in Jesus. They thought his message was right on, it resonated with them, it made sense, but they wouldn't confess their faith. They wouldn't commit themselves to becoming Jesus' disciples. And the reason? They loved the praise of man. They were worried about what the religious leaders would think. They didn't want to lose their status mm. and be kicked out from their, their lofty spot in the mm. synagogue. That's so, good. I mean, I want to hear more than anything else, Jesus say, well done, good and faithful servant. Yes. I want to live my life for an audience of one. I right. care what he thinks. Right. So, you know, I'll be honest. I struggle with this. I care about what people think. I mean, that's why I take a shower. I comb my hair. You know, I <laughs> wash my car. I tie both shoes. I, I wear matching socks. I, I mean, these are to feel good about myself, but I also, you know, I think, well, gosh, people think I'm ridiculous or I'm stupid if I can't even match my shoes or, you know, if my belt doesn't match my shoes, I'll never wear, you know, like a brown belt and black shoes, you know, and that's just ridiculous. (laughs) What will people say? (laughs) I'll be in all the society papers, right? (laughs) And so, you know, I think, well, how, how guilty am I of this? But here's the reality. One day I'm going to stand before God and I'd rather him say, well done, than to hear him say, what were you thinking, James? So Mm. I got to keep it in perspective, and I got to check myself before I wreck myself. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That was a nice note. Thank you. (laughs) The third thing we need to do is declare war against sin. Oh, that's good. Declare war against sin. To keep a pure heart is one of the most difficult things you and I will ever do. Yes. 
and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't believe we can do this on our own. <laughs> I can't. There's no way we can, right? Psalm 119.11, how can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against God. Mm. That I might not sin against God. What I love <clears throat> about hiding things in your heart is when you have God's word in your heart and your heart is for God, then the ugly things in your heart go to battle with the, with the God things in your heart. Mm. And if you have more ugly in your heart than you have God in your heart, that's a rough battle right there. Yeah. If you have more God in your heart than the ugly things in your heart, then it's going to overcome time and time again. Because God's word is more powerful than anything, right? Yeah. But you got to have it. You got to have it in your heart. And this is what he's saying. By living according to your word, I seek you with all my heart. He says, do not let me stray from your commands. But his key, what the reason he wins here, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Mm. I, I don't think any of us can maintain a pure heart just because we spent an hour a week in church. <laughs> We're listening to this fantastic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I believe we must daily surrender our lives to God yeah. and spend time with him on a daily basis. Yeah. And not the check the mark kind of, check the box kind of thing. Yeah. Not like, okay, did it today. Yes. It's like, 23 days in a row, I've mentioned God in a conversation. Yeah. Now, this is actually talking to him. This is actually allowing him in. Yes. To convict some things, to shine a light on some of the things we have hidden. Mm -hmm. This is asking him to create a pure heart and not just saying, hey, God, I'm going to, you know, this is really hard. So this is what you got. <laughs> but saying, hey, God, can you come and work in this? Mm -hmm. Can you come and work in this? Because I'm struggling and I cannot do it on my own. That's why I love David's words in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Examine my heart and show me what in me offends you that I can work on. Oof. And those are hard prayers. Because God will, he will show you. He's a gentleman. Oh, he, he says, okay, yes. you got it. You got it because I want you better. Yes. And so he, he'll do it. And sometimes it's painful. Trust me. Thanks for asking. I, I pray those <laughs> prayers like... Once a year, because I think that's all I can handle. <laughs> and I believe having someone in your life that holds you accountable yeah. is absolutely crucial as well. We need people in our life that ask us the tough questions, yeah. not in judgment, sure, but who are on your side, who want to see you grow, who may see an area in your life that needs work, yes. that needs growth. And they identify it and not do it to shame you or to hurt you, but to help you on your journey. Yeah. The, help you reach your goal, the one you're already striving for. And we do that in every area of our lives. I mean, if, if you're struggling in school as a student, uh, mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know, high school, middle school, college, college grad school, yeah. you, you get a tutor, you, yeah. you get someone to help you. That's that accountability. If you're struggling with your golf game, you'll get a golf pro to help, mm -hmm. help watch you and help you improve your form and your swing. Uh, if you're struggling, you know, financially, making ends meet, or you want to start a business, you'll get a CPA or you'll get a coach or a consultant, somebody that's going to hold you accountable, somebody that's going to help sharpen you, giving you the tools. If you want to lose weight, I mm -hmm. mean, you get a, a, you know, a health person, a fitness expert that's going to 
Make sure that you're um, eating the right things and you're exercising. And when you say you're at the gym, you're not on the couch eating donuts. And when (laughs) you're supposed to eat a salad, you're eating a salad, (laughs) you know, not a cheeseburger. But accountability. And that's really the area in our spiritual life that we struggle the most. Just someone in your life, you say, these are my goals. I want to be like Christ. Here are the areas I get tripped up. Help me with these areas. These are blind spots and I need some help. Uh, Jesus said, you know, blessed are the pure in heart for they'll see God. Happy are those who do the right thing for the right reason. Mm, yep. And again, that's the same thing with that accountability. Some people will do it, you know, kind of like the, hey, what's the workaround to gossip? Oh, a prayer chain. Hey, <laughs> will you pray for, you know, sister or brother so-and-so? Because I heard they're struggling with this and that and the other. No, that's just gossip. So don't ask for accountability for, again, that flashy, like, hey, look how holy I am. I've got accountability partners. And that's like a cool, fancy mm-hmm. craze. No, Right thing for the right reasons. Right. Happier those who are the same on the inside as they are on the outside. Yeah. Don't be like the Pharisees. <laughs> you tired of pretending that you're fully devoted to God? You can't be half-hearted. Yeah. You can't be half committed to a diet and expect it to succeed and you be healthy. You can't be half-hearted to a marriage and expect it to thrive. Mm-hmm. You can't be half-hearted in raising your kids and investing in them and showing them their value. You cannot be half-hearted in your relationship with Christ. Yeah. It will not work yeah. in or out. And that's our challenge for you is that you pray, go through the steps, go to God first, ask him, and then make sure that you're you're following what God tells you. If you ask him for help and he gives you some direction, do it. Mm-hmm. That's the funny thing that a lot of people will do too. Oh, I asked God. Well, what would he say? He said, do this. I don't want to do it. Oh, that worked for Jonah. <laughs> Tell me how. Uh, not so much. Decide to please God more than people and yeah. then declare war against sin. Yeah. Uh, I hope some of this helps you. Thank you for being part of this uh, episode in this series. It's been incredible. You guys are fantastic. Nicole, thank you for your incredible insight. I love unpacking these rich, rich scriptures mm-hmm. uh, to make us more more like Christ, to yeah. mobilize us in our yeah. faith so that we can impact our world. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Guys, stay tuned. We look forward to seeing you for the next podcast episode right here at the Mobilize Podcast. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Mobilized YouTube page and follow us on social media at mobilized.life on Instagram and at Live Mobilized on Facebook. For more information and ways to connect, visit our website at mobilized.life.